shouldn't be listening. Welcome to Frisky Tipsy Libertines with Scott and Janet, where we explore sex and sexuality under the influence. So sit back, imbibe, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Frisky Tipsy Libertines podcast. This is episode three. I'm Scott. And I'm Janet. And what are we covering today? Uh, we are covering porn stigma in American culture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for those of you playing along, if you ever want to do a drinking episode with us, this is probably the episode to do it. Uh, if we ever say stigma, industry, performer. Probably, or fuck. Or fuck. Take we a drink every time we say one of those words. You'll probably be as drunk as we will be after the end of this uh, episode. Yeah, I tend to say the word fuck when I'm really drunk. And uh, we've we've been drinking a little bit before the show. Uh, so, Oh, yeah, the, uh, the drink today is called a porn star martini, uh, which we, we kind of Frankenstein this together. You want to go ahead and explain <laughs> it? Well, uh, so like... The ingredients are all like passion fruit, and passion fruit is so not in season in January. Uh, and like the passion fruit liqueur is super hard to find. Uh, I went to like four different stores looking for it, and the closest I could get was like a carbonated passion fruit juice thing. Um, and so this martini also comes with like a shot of champagne on the side and you alternate between the martini and the champagne so there's carbonation in the martini there's carbonation in the champagne so the go ahead and get ready for this episode we went ahead and started drinking a little bit of our martinis and our champagne so uh uh, we we usually pre-party just a little bit before the show starts but this one's a little more special so anyway porn stigma and in american culture go ahead and take it away um all right opening statement i love porn uh most people who know me know that i love porn (laughs) i've got mm, i haven't counted but hundreds hundreds of dvds like binders like literally binders full (laughs) of like in the 90s when you had a binders full of cds like that's how she is with porn it's like binders full of dvd porn most of them are in cases uh i'm in the process of moving kind of right now so i've just got paper boxes full of the dvds but some of them are in those binder cases because i've had them so long that i've just lost the cases through multiple moves and well at least it's not like the uh the old giant big uh, VHS boxes. I I do have some of those too. <laughs> I have oh a, man, those things! I have a collection of uh, old VHS porn tapes. Which I mean, when I came of age and started buying porn, they were kind of phasing the VHS tapes out. I did buy a couple of them, but it was like they were clearance because they were trying to get rid of them. Uh, but I did have a boyfriend at the time who. Uh, used to do those auctions for storage units. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he bought one of these storage units, and it had a big box of VHS tape porns. And he was like, I know somebody who would love these. So he came to my front door with a big box of porn. And 
It was a good day for me. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the, the, I don't understand why they put the VHS tapes in like those giant cardboard Disney clamshell boxes. <laughs> it's like no one with, no, a, with a cardboard cover over the top. That's a folding box. <laughs> it's like here's something that a lot of people are trying to hide that they own, and we're gonna make it the most impossible thing for you to. Either A, display, or either hide. Like, either one, you're screwed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they still do that with some of the DVDs still, too. They're like... Uh, not as many of them. <laughs> not as many. Well, I mean, like, porn as an industry has gone, like, way under what their budgets used to be. So I don't think they really spend a whole lot on packaging anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay, so porn stigma in the United States. All right. Um, what about it? So, yeah, I I love porn. I love good porn. I love bad porn. I'm also the kind of person that likes, like, really bad horror films. So I can appreciate, like, bad porn. Jan, Jan and I both <laughs> love like, trashy films, mystery science theater, uh, really bad movies. Um, we usually have get-together you know, every once in a while with a bunch of friends and we all sit around and watch just garbage. Yeah. So we've yeah. even sat around and watched bad porn because there's so much of it out there. Yeah, I own a lot of it. Uh, but it's still like really entertaining to watch for me. And, and that's what porn is. It's entertainment. Exactly. A lot of people are very confused as to what porn is. Um, it's not a how-to <laughs> like uh, it's it's not a how-to um it's not encouragement uh it's it can be an aid of arousal i guess yeah. but uh but it's it's entertainment <laughs> a lot of people take porn way too seriously i, agree, I totally agree on that one it's like um I, I don't know. I've sat there and watched porn and literally just started laughing because some of it's so ridiculous. It's so over the top or. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely just burst out laughing with my husband watching porns because they'll say like some terrible line. <laughs> <laughs> One of our favorite ones was they did a parody porn of Home Improvement. Oh, Jesus. Home Improvement XXX. Um, and and I'm the kind of person that always watches the behind the scenes footage too. <laughs> and there was a blooper reel on this one too, um, where this actress keeps getting her hair stuck in an artificial tree that's oh like God. outside of a window. Uh -huh. uh, so the scene was like she's like sneaking in to see one of the sons, when she keeps getting stuck in the tree. Um, I mean, not not in the uh, in the actual cut that they put in. But behind the scenes, like, she got stuck in this tree, like, six times. Uh, and what they actually left in the film was she's, like, crawling through the window. And, and she goes, I got here as soon as I can. <laughs> like, like that, was, that was the take that they kept wow. in. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, there's, I mean, some porn has some acting that's just, like... Yeah, well, some I, people in porn are not great actors. Some of them are really good actors, right. but a lot of them are not. They're good fuckers, <laughs> but they're not good actors. Uh, do you think that's why some people land into porn instead of like in a, like Hollywood movies? Do you think that's like the big thing? Not necessarily. 
like I think that's kind of a a stereotype that like I'm gonna go to LA and I'm gonna make it as an actress, but then you quickly realize that there's too much competition and you can't make it as an actress. So then you're like, well, I guess I'll fuck on camera. Uh, which I mean, maybe that happens, but I think a lot of the people in porn are there because it's easy money for fucking. Uh, yeah, I would I would have to agree. I I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think it's it, I, I think yeah. I think it all depends on what led you there. Some people like are aiming to do that. I've had friends who are like, yeah, I want to do porn. Like that, that was like a aspiration of theirs that they wanted to do porn. And then, um, I think there's some people who just kind of stumble into it, land in it. I don't know. Yeah. Some, some people don't belong in the porn industry that are in the porn industry. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, one of my, one of my favorite quotes was from a guy who worked at Lion's Den. The very first time I ever went to Lion's Den, uh, there's a porn shop here where we live. And, uh, the guy was like, yeah, anyone can do porn. He's like, there, there's literally a fetish for, or a kink, or someone who's into everything. Like, anybody and everybody yeah, could pretty much There's fall somebody into out d- there porn. that wants what you've got. Right. <laughs> no matter what that <laughs> is, think, there's somebody me, out there. To me, that's the most amazing thing about it. It's like, it doesn't matter what or who you are, there is going there's to be somebody out there it. who's going to be interested in watching it. Yeah, for sure. Which, I mean, you can't really say that about any other market. <laughs> I don't, I don't think any other markets have like, well, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if it doesn't work out, you can do this. I mean, <laughs> other than maybe like fast food, but I, I don't know. I'm not trying to, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time too, like you really, I think it, there has to be a certain like level of confidence to even do porn, no matter what is going on. I think there's a level of confidence you have to meet to even do it. Yeah. I mean, I would say confidence kind of ties into any kind of performer. Right. But, uh, yeah, so opening statement, I love porn, uh, but our culture is so anti-sex that a porn performer will be discriminated and outcast from society for doing something that most of us do, uh, most of us will enjoy doing, most of us will enjoy seeing other people do, and most of us consume the product and that we blacklist people yeah. for being it. So, <laughs> hey, we don't want you, like we want to, we want to uh, we want to buy and use that product, but we shame everyone who is a part of making that product. Yeah, pretty much. Like, which is ridiculous. It's, it's so crazy. It's one. Of the, I mean, how many people watch like porn on a daily basis online? I, f- I forget like the number. It's like ninety nine percent. Some astronomical number watches porn online. Yet there's still people who are like, like oh, that's bad or shameful. It's like, well, I mean, everyone's using it. Oh, I'm gonna tell you a personal story now. Okay. Um, I might have already told you this story, but I'll tell you again because I've. I just feel like telling this story on the podcast. Uh, And it fits in perfectly with the topic. Uh, My mother, bless her, is is such a naive person when it comes to sexual matters. And I remember one day she was picking me up from school. And there was like a school dance that was coming up soon. And she was asking me about it. 
And she was like, oh, I remember my prom. I went with this guy that did embalming at a f- local funeral home, but I had to break up with him because he was too weird. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, what do you mean he was too weird? And she goes, well, I got the feeling that he, like, did things with the bodies. Oh, my. Like, what? No, no, you've never told me the story. <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, "Oh no, it's t- oh, it's it's too bizarre. I can't even get into it with you. I've said too much. I shouldn't say anymore." I'm like, "Well, now you have to tell me. Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. what you opened this-, this door. Now I'm walking through it. Now I need you to finish. Like, what's going on? What did this guy do that led you to believe?" That he was doing sexual things with bodies that he was embalming at this funeral home. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I can't say. And I'm like, well, what? Was he like, here, put on this white face makeup and lay real still for me. <laughs> and she's like, no. Oh, you're so funny. No, that's not it. He wanted me to. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. He wanted me to. Watch porn with him. <laughs> and it was like, like dead people porn. <laughs> so I like, like your mom was like, like, oh, you want me to watch porn? And you're like, you're jumping at every like worst case scenario possible yeah, because like, cause you worked at a funeral home. Like, like dead people porn. He wanted you to watch, and she's like, no, just, just porn, like. So because this guy watched porn, your natural <laughs> inclination is that he's also into necrophilia. <laughs> and she's like, well, normal people don't watch porn. <laughs> I'm like, like, yes. All right, mom, uh, let's sit down. We need to have a conversation. Like, yes, they do. And she's like, no, they don't. Your father doesn't. <laughs> okay, let's say that's true. <laughs> I know for a fact my dad watches porn. <laughs> I I don't know for a fact that my dad watches porn, but I can pretty much assume that he does. Uh, no, 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 my dad. Uh, yeah. my, well, I guess the apple didn't far too fall from the tree. <laughs> yeah, I um, I have no evidence that my dad watched porn. I never found any like pornographic magazines that he had, but I definitely watched porn on his computer. Uh, well, I'm going to date myself here. I wasn't really watching porn on the computer because this was before Pornhub came along. So it was all like pay sites. Like you had to click like, yes, I'm 18 to enter this. But then like you, you'd see like photographs right. and maybe like five second yeah, clips. Yeah, the 15 second But you had to like enter yeah. all your payment information to actually watch the, the right. porn. This is back in the days when like people were literally trading like photos yeah like, <laughs> photos are a big like thing you, had, you, had, you had to go to like um chat groups and uh like find people and then you'd literally do like a, do an online trade and then you literally had no idea what you're getting you'd get like a you'd swap a folder like you had 100 photos this guy might have like 200 and you had no idea what was going to be in there like, <laughs> seen some horrific and some really funny things from those old days oh the good old days <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of the reasons people don't like porn. Uh, 
Uh, one of the things that I hear pretty often is that porn is degrading to women. What do you think, Scott? Do you think porn is degrading to women? I think it depends on what you're watching. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fan of like Bang Brothers or like, like some, some, yeah, some, some of those sites. Like, some of those pages, it gets to that point where like, I can't tell if they're acting or not. <laughs> you know, I just, and especially with those like I mean that site to me is like one step above Girls Gone Wild I mean like the stuff they make it's like so it's like they find people they probably pay them on the spot and then they never talk to them again so in some, in some, in some regards I find a little bit of that to be true but then it's like okay so I love like I, I usually watch like BDSM and kink stuff because I'm a freak. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like in order to get someone to do some of that crazy stuff, they have to completely 100% agree. This isn't some like back out yeah. trans transaction. Like, hey, I'll give you 100 bucks and like just do this real quick blowjob scene. Like, no, this takes like hours to set up. There is an ungodly amount of level of trust to be done to even perform some of these scenes. Yeah. And they set up so many safety precautions that there's no way that it's anything but in a safe, controlled environment. Yeah. So with a lot of those scenes, like especially like the kink.com kind of right. stuff, uh, what you don't see is before they start filming like the actors sit down and they talk about what they're comfortable with so and what they're going on are. about like the behind the scenes of like dvds i've actually watched a lot of kink.com's like behind the scenes stuff and it's pretty cool like the like the, the level of just the level of everything that they put into all the work that they do like like you're saying like sitting down and talking about everything they go over a lot of times they go over the entire scene of what's going to happen yeah i i'm not saying there aren't bad production companies and directors right. out there but the majority of legitimate pornographic film like it's agreed upon in advance like what's going to happen in the scene and they'll ask you like are you comfortable with me smacking your face are you comfortable with me putting my hand around your neck like right it's all agreed upon and you have full uh right to say no to anything well, you know, and the actors can, or the performers can set off their, you know, they can cancel the scene at any point. That's and, true. You know, like, uh, the thing with, like, kink, it's like, it's all up to the person, it's all up to the submissive. They're the one controlling the scene. They're the one who's can cancel that scene at any point. Yes. That's a common misconception. The sub is actually the one in, like, in the power position because they control right. everything that's happening. That it's a huge misconception. Like you know, this, this, the submissive, and even in this way, I'm sure the performers as well. Um, and also, the performers are even told to overreact to like pain and stuff of like that. Even in <laughs> scenes where, like, even in like regular, like more vanilla porn, like they're well, porn actors overreact to everything. everything. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's one of the things that I make fun of all the time. It's like before he's even touching her. Sometimes she's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they just scream through the whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, like he'll be touching, like 
totally not an erogenous zone, like her bicep or something. And she's like, oh, yeah. We're just getting a back massage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, porn is entertainment. Right. We don't watch porn for the realism of it. I hope not. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there. Yeah. So uh, I would argue that to the people that think that porn is degrading to women uh, that uh, really there's degradation of women across the board like look at the me too movement i mean <laughs> look at <laughs> right. look at mainstream films look at the harvey weinstein kind of stuff like do we really want to cover Hollywood right now? <laughs> I, I don't want to cover Hollywood let's, right let's, now. Let's not but I'm get just, into that. I'm just saying, like, it's not just the porn industry right, in which women have been degraded. But I will say this of the porn industry. It is the one industry where women make more than men. men yeah. You know, like, people who argue about women getting equality... Uh, they make 77 cents on the dollar for men like across the board for doing the same job. This is like the one job that they can do that they actually make much, much more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, t- I totally agree. Like on, on that, on that statement. And, and the women, so they're, they're consenting to be there. Um, and sometimes they say like, well, they get there and it's not exactly what they thought it was going to be. And then they don't feel that they can say no or they can't turn down the money. Or they'll be like, if you don't do this, um, you know, you'll never work in this town again. There's <laughs> always that cliche. And unfortunately, that does happen. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's more of a mainstream thing than a porn thing because... Well, this is beginning going back to Hollywood, just how yeah. <laughs> how messed up Hollywood is. So, uh, anyway, going back into the adult film industry. Uh, yeah, so, like, some of these companies will even, like, record the actors before the scene saying, like, I'm here of my own free will. I'm consenting to do this scene today. Well, now they have to have, because they have that black bar that says, like, you know, that has, like, the like uh government code i'm sure you've seen it especially on tube sites almost every video on tube sites starts with like a black message it's like black with like white text um i could pull it up real fast but it says like this is uh, all actors are above 18 uh, meets the accordance of government code blah 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 it's because a lot of people weren't following those codes and so now it's like someone got some there's some kind of legal trouble to happen so now everyone's like making sure that yeah all the actors are above 18 everyone is <laughs> yeah. is like willing. this is above board everybody's consenting um but yeah uh at, at the end of the day like they can call the shots they can stop it if they want to and if there's something that they feel that they're being de- degraded by doing choosing to do that for the money right like some people feel that way about their food service jobs or or their regular nine to five jobs like right. what what job have you had that you haven't uh compromised like your regular standards of <laughs> right. so so why do you think like porn stars performers actors and actresses why do you think there's such a high stigma on like being part of that industry than like any other industry? Like, what is your personal opinion on that? Um, really, I just feel like people are afraid of sex. 
Yeah, I, I think like America, especially America of like almost any other country, except for maybe like some of more like super conservative countries, but like there is such a high stigma here for sex, sex content, sex workers, sex industry, all that stuff. And then you go to like England and it's like in like France, they're just so open about all that stuff. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like I remember I was, uh, when I went to England, I uh, watched, uh, I was just watching TV and, this was in the early 2000s and um private parts was on from america from uh howard shore howard stern howard stern that's the porn star martini yeah, kicking your ass a little bit <laughs> so i was watching um private parts by howard stern and it was on tv and it had everything it had all the swearing nudity the whole nine and I thought we were like we we're at the hotel room, and I thought we were watching HBO or something like that. And then a commercial cuts in. It was on like basic network television, and like <laughs> nothing was censored. I'm like, why? Why is it like here? All this stuff gets censored, but like anywhere else, it's totally acceptable. Now, on the flip side of that coin, here in America, you could watch a guy get his head blown off on TV, and no oh. problem about that whatsoever. Oh yeah, so. um, that brings me to my next point okay. here: um, violence. Uh, a lot of people argue that uh, porn encourages violence against <sighs> women. Do you I'm, think I'm gonna that's let true? you start off with that one actually. Um, I think that's a good call for you to start. Yeah, no, I think it's bullshit. I don't think violence encourages um, or violence. I don't think <laughs> porn encourages violence against women any more than uh, video games uh, tell you to shoot up your school. I think it's all one giant scapegoat. I think <laughs> yeah, it's all. It's I think it's all just something. Blame. It's just something to blame that's there that you can blame it on. You know, it's like, oh, hey, my twelve-year-old kid uh, is acting obscure, like acting up. Okay, so he saw. We found out he watched porn on the internet, so this is why he's doing it. Or it's that nasty, nasty. Porn. Or he's playing Grand Theft Auto, or he watched <laughs> whatever the latest action movie was, or something like that. I grew up like on Arnold Schwarzenegger blowing guys away, like you know, from like <laughs> with a freaking rocket launcher, and totally like it didn't even bother me. It's like whatever, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from like the times of the Reagan administration, that was like one of the main anti-porn taglines was that like it encourages violence against women. But actually, if you look, uh, instances of rape between. 1981 and 2006 had in a, in the United States had an 85% decrease. The instances of rape dropped 85%. When what caused that drop? Um well some would argue porn, the porn <laughs> which industry. which is like actually the opposite of what people were saying. Um uh because some people argue that uh Oh, there's a there's a word for it that I can't uh, think of, but uh, because porn became increasingly available during that time, people would like, you know, get it out of their system right. or whatever. I mean, this is this is the, this is the age of like you know the porno theater and all that stuff too. So yeah, so if you can live vicariously through these I guess. scenes, 
You could get it out of your system. Uh, every time I hear every time I hear porno theater, I just think of that scene in Taxi Driver. He <laughs> 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 drags her to an adult theater, and like my favorite part is the fact that she's like, "Okay, I'm kind of curious about this, and I'll go and sit down and watch it." And then like halfway through, she like get up and leave. <laughs> like, she's like, nasty, too, nasty like too much porn. for her. <laughs> Yeah, I've got the porno version of Taxi Driver. There's a, <laughs> There's a porno version of Taxi Driver. Um, Evan Stone plays Harvey Keitel's uh, role as the, the pimp. pimp. And the <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, good times. Good times. They um, offered him a, a different role, but he actually wanted to play the pimp. I would, too. <laughs> I think that was perfect for yeah, him. I, I think it's like, you wanted to play it like they wanted him to do a different role. He was like, "No, I'll play the pimp." They're like, "They're like, oh, okay. no, you've got enough street cred. You could be a bigger role." And he's like, "No, no, no. Pimp. I want to be the pimp." <laughs> I can understand that. Why would you make a parody version of porn version of Taxi Driver? I'd you know, if, you make oh, a porn version of anything then. Well, I mean, uh, some of it's so much really funny. Like the the Batman one is hilarious. The Scooby Doo one's really funny. I haven't seen the Scooby Doo oh, one. So I want good. to. Uh, that was actually one of the few porns I actually owned. I let my uh, old roommate have it after we moved out. I was like, yeah, sure, you can have it, sure. <laughs> See, I'm such a hoarder of porn. I don't get that because people always give me their porn. They're like, do you want this? I don't need this around anymore. I think because they're afraid, you know, like they're going to die and then their mom's going to find all their porn or something. <laughs> Once I'm dead, I do not give a shit what comes I'm, out about I'm me. I'm dead, like, right? I don't care. Like, I do not care. Like, you can find my collection of nipple clamps. I don't give a shit. I'm dead. There's no, uh, there's no embarrassment. Like, oh, they were a sex point. freak. Okay. <laughs> does that make you a bad person? I don't think it does. Obviously, we're doing this podcast. Right. All right, so let's talk about um, how people view porn performers. Uh, so I really feel like people don't want to view porn performers as actual people. Yeah. Like they think the porn performers, um, like they're dirty whores. Like something must be wrong with them. Like they're addicted to drugs or they're mentally unstable or they've got no other options. And people don't usually even like entertain the notion that a healthy person of sound mind would choose this for themselves. Have you ever seen the uh, documentary Winnebago Man? Uh, n no, okay. I don't think so. Okay. I feel like I've watched part of this okay, at the so party. It's, <laughs> it's about the guy who went on a tirade and they, they filmed him and, uh, like behind the scenes and he lost his job because he like swore and up and down and it's about, I thought he had Tourette's. No, he didn't. And it ended up being like one of the very first, like, it's one of the very first videos to ever go viral. And the reason why I bring that up is because in the documentary, they go to these people who... Uh, there are um, film festivals where they find people going through horrible, horrible things like falling off and almost killing themselves, like stuff of like that. And the people who put these on, put this on this festival, they talk to them like, hey, do you ever reach out and talk to these people? They're like, no, because that makes them human. 
<laughs> it's like it no longer becomes funny when someone falls and hits their head and you talk to them afterwards and realize they received brain damage or they have like all these medical fees and yada yada yada. I feel like that's the exact same thing with porn. It's like if they if you humanize them and you can identify with them and then all of a sudden it's like no longer a turn on. It's like, oh, it's this object or this thing that I can watch and get my entertainment out of. And then afterwards, it's like it's gone. And I'll yeah. have to think about the fact that this person is a real person and this is their job. And, you know, they're doing this to support their family or whatever have you. Yeah. They're, they just become sexual objects, really, for the pleasure of the misinformed masses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so do you think that uh, it's less stigmatized to be a man in porn? In, in, I mean, let's let's clarify in a heterosexual porn. Porn, yeah. Um, I mean, you might get a little bit more of a pass, but I, I think either way you're kind of screwed. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're male or female, to, to be honest. Yeah, but when you see like these anti-porn groups, they're usually always talking about the women. Well, oh, the poor women. What was that like? The one thing I sent you about the about the church group that went to a porn convention and they're trying to save all the women. Oh yes. And like, and oh god, how 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 bad and awful and how mistreated everybody is. But they only focused on the women. They, they didn't focus on the men. And actually, any man they saw at this convention, they immediately were afraid of. <laughs> yeah. Didn't matter if they were there as a vendor, oh, as yeah. a performer, <laughs> as someone who just was like walking around, just being like meeting people. It didn't matter what they were. Yeah. If you're a male, they were terrified of there you. There is this part in the article where like some guy was behind them in line to get in and they were like, hey, how's it going? And they were just terrified like, to oh talk to him. Oh my God, this him. man in a suit is like talking to us and he's probably trying to like pick us up. And he's he's going to rape us. <laughs> and it's probably just like, I'm in line. I've probably been standing in line for 20 minutes. I'm bored bored as hell hey there's some females how are you guys doing because like what, what are you like interested to see here i mean it's a convention not, not even <laughs> here's some females like here's some fucking people we're we're standing in, in line, line to get into the same place you would assume that the people right. near you are into the same stuff you are it's like i've gone to conventions i've gone to all kinds of conventions when you're standing in line you're bored i mean i have sat in those like you know the roped off lines trying to get into a convention especially a three-day convention and you're standing in line sometimes for an hour so yeah i would imagine you probably want to start talking to people around you because you're bored yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did find that part of the article particularly amusing that like oh social interactions are not to be tolerated right. <laughs> but yeah um going back to your statement like so for for them they were so focused on the women they didn't really care about the men or they're just scared of the men yeah and i think that's because as a society we think that women can't make their own decisions right well and this also goes into the like the fact that a lot of the, the porn is from the male point of view well a lot of it is yeah so I, th I think majority. that i think that might be part of it as well is why women might get more objectified out of it than men. Yeah. I could see that. But I do love that femdom porn. 
<laughs> Do you have a favorite? <laughs> a favorite femdom porn? Or famous um, femdom actress or performer? Do I? I'm trying to think of if there's like any recognizable femdom person. Not really. I really like Angela White, though. <laughs> Not that she does a whole lot of femdom. Um, but, oh, yeah, Angela White was the one in the porn that I just had you watch. The oh, yeah. Fidelity. Oh, my God, that was so good. Yeah, she's the so, Australian. Yeah, it was so... With the beautiful tits. <laughs> we, we should talk about this for a second. We, okay, we, should, we, should we can into talk this. about this. Because this is going into to. the whole like stigma of like men and women. So this was a this was a porn. It's on puretaboo.com. Uh, it's for free too. Yeah, if you want to go to puretaboo.com and watch it, it's directed by a woman. Yeah, Brie Mills. I love her. Yeah. she's the like curator of uh, Adult Time tv network yeah she's she's incredible so the the like the, the cinematography and the directing was incredible especially for porn i was like i feel like I'd like the way it's shot looks like an episode of walking dead it's not <laughs> saying I'm not, I'm not saying it's as, like has nothing to do with There's zombies no zombies in this but i'm saying as far as like the lighting they use almost all natural lighting so like, all the lighting was coming from the windows or the room was just naturally lit which is a that is a like Walking Dead like AMC staple. They even did that with uh, Breaking Bad, and then on top of that, like a lot of the camera work and the cinematography was amazing, and so it was directed by a woman, written by a woman, and starring two women, and then also uh, Tommy Pistol, who yeah. did a fantastic oh. job of playing a piece of shit who I wanted to punch through almost Tommy the entire thing. Tommy Pistol is like. Probably my favorite male porn actor. Um, well, he won. He won an award for that for that role. Oh my gosh, he works so hard. I'm pretty sure, like, he hosted the AVN Awards, and I think he got like the best male talent one year. So he won uh, best male performance for that movie. Did he really? Yeah, I was looking at the credits of that movie because it's like on pure taboo. They list everything. So that movie won best male performance. And one something else, maybe best writing. <laughs> like yeah. I, I think I don't know. Like the the acting in that movie, it's like I, porn. And I literally cried. I think that is the only porn movie that I I've cried watching, and it was just the scene with the ice cream in the kitchen. Like was like Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> so the, the film it has opens, a lot to do with women's body issues. <laughs> so the film opens up with a typical porn scene, but it's pretty hardcore. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in that scene and then it's like 10 minutes of just raw acting of these two people like this guy like yelling at this girl and you just feel so bad for her and the acting is really 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 well done i was really blown away especially for like you know for a porn i was just really surprised by that yeah i think i think it's only three actors in it uh it's they're... there's a fourth one because her there's a lady who plays her boss Oh. And she's barely in it. Um, I don't remember who that was. But it's Tommy Pistol and Angela White and Carla Lane is the BBW yeah. performer. Or actually, she goes by Body Positive. Does she? Yeah, on our Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, I could see that. That's just what the industry has labeled her. <laughs> right. So this this porn like checks off every box. It's crazy. Like how many how many kinks and fetishes that porn like checked off and made me laugh 
Um, that was the part that I found funny. But going back to original standpoint, like saying like this is a movie that was so well done, and most the majority of the like people behind it, at least the brains behind it, were all women, which like really blew me away. Yeah, I'd like to see more women in porn. I hope that's going to become more of a thing. That seems like a more of a bigger statement now, especially with all the Netflix documentaries. Like that's kind of a ongoing thing is like more women in porn more women in charge of porn yeah like if you're out there like thinking that women are being degraded in porn and there need to (laughs) be less men in porn guess what there need to be more women in porn (laughs) especially behind the scenes i would say especially more so behind the scenes and it would be like yeah um and i think that uh female talent feels more comfortable if there's like a female director right or like a female camera person behind the scenes because you know we're dealing with sex and some men are just glueless so here's here's like a funny thing to me it's like okay so we're talking about like the stigma the stigma of porn and porn industry and how it's looked down upon so american psycho the movie patrick bateman yeah Mm -hmm. patrick bateman in the book the director um or the writer uh Brent Ellison, I think his name was. I might screw that up. I'm a little drunk. Uh, who wrote it? He's wrote it. He said it was actually a pro-female book. I, I don't know. The director of the movie was actually a woman. There is some borderline softcore moments in that film, and they actually made shot-for-shot shots by watching porn. So they actually they actually storyboarded the sex scenes <laughs> by watching porn and Christopher uh, not Christopher uh, Christian Bale and the director <laughs> sat down and watched it and they figured out what parts they liked best and that was the parts they were gonna put in the movie. What part do you like best about this porno? Right. So this is what Christ meant. So American Psycho is regarded as like this phenomenal horror thriller and people love the performance and all this other stuff. And there's all kinds of horrible acts towards women, but all the actors in that didn't get anything. But if you're in a porn, yeah, yeah. turn around. And it's like, these acts, <laughs> it's like, oh, but okay. So you're in porn, but since they were like naked in a high budget Hollywood film, oh, that's okay. But if you're naked in a porn, then it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get off topic here, but let's talk about uh, like mainstream sex scenes. <laughs> so you can show you can show nudity like you can show full frontal nudity Especially in, a, in the 80s in a mainstream film. Revenge of the Nerds. That movie like did not hold back at all. You can see full frontal nudity, and then there's like sex scenes where like they're moaning, and you can see pretty much everything except for the penetration. And then there's always a cream pie. I forget what movie it was. <laughs> there was some movie that came out, and the uh, rating system uh, said they had to take out one thrust. <laughs> one th- oh, wait, is there like you can only show it 17 thrusts it might have been 18 it thrusts it might have been fight club <laughs> one of them had to take out they had too many thrusts and they had to take out the thrusts <laughs> and also there was another movie that came out and the having a male orgasm in the movie was fine but there had a huge problem with the female having an orgasm and i'm really? trying to remember what movie this was there's a documentary about the rating system in America and why it's pretty much bullshit. 
and they I forget what movie it was, but there was a movie that came out and they had a huge problem with a woman having an orgasm on film. Huh. Uh, they were cool with the man, but they had a huge problem with the woman having an orgasm. That's odd. Yeah. Oh, God, I cannot remember the name of the movie, but. <laughs> it obviously wasn't when Harry met Sally. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sally was having an orgasm in the middle of a diner. <laughs> Hey, it was a fake orgasm, though. It was a, a fake, fake orgasm. Okay. If she was having a Look, real orgasm, any, they, would have, they would have been like, no, that has to be taken out. Any <laughs> orgasm in a mainstream movie is going to be fake. Right. But I mean, like, that was the whole point of the scene was the fact that she was trying to, like, fuck with them. Yeah. So. So we're getting, like, way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I we're still kind of on topic. I mean. Because we're comparing, like, why it's okay for, like, to be, to do this stuff in, like, Hollywood pictures, or, but it's bad to do it in, like, hardcore porn. Yeah. Okay, so we're still technically on topic. Or, like, <laughs> why, like, Cinemax will play softcore and it's no big deal, but, you know, the Playboy channel, everyone freaked out when, like, you know, that came out, so. Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm one of those that, like, kind of grew up, like, watching Cinemax at, like, 2 in the morning, and that was kind of, like, my introduction to, like, the porn. Oh, uh, did you ever watch, like, Scrambled Porn? Yes. I I remember watching the Spice Channel on, uh, on like, Scrambled Porn. Yeah. Like, you would see, like, everything was, like, neon green and pink. Maybe you saw a nipple. You could hear a moan in the background. You might see a bush. <laughs> this is back when, like, they didn't trim or shave. Just to see a bush. But, yep, saw a nipple. Yep, saw an ass. Um, Remember when that used to be really exciting? <laughs> yeah. Our, our younger people are probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? I know. We're losing the younger crowd. So back when basic cable was on this thing that had to be hooked up to the wall, <laughs> uh, basically like the pay-per-view channels and the free channels like HBO and stuff that used to be on a different network, but um, the porn channels would come in sometimes scrambled. So you can try, or if you knew somebody, you might be able to wire something up and be able to get half a you know scene or something like that. <laughs> it's tough before the internet. <laughs> Just. Yeah, it's tough on that uh, dial-up internet. So yeah, back to the stigma part. So uh, once you're in porn, you're going to have problems pretty much doing anything. It's going to fuck up your whole life. What was the, um, uh, you told me about the, guy, the, the story about the guy who uh, wants to become a doctor or something? Oh, that was Dale DeBone. Uh, so Dale DeBone was... Uh, big porn actor of like the 90s and he decided to leave the industry and he went to nursing school i believe and uh got a job at this hospital and like everybody loved him <laughs> especially the female patients uh but then like they found out that he was in porn and so like the i don't even know what you call it the lead guy at the hospital called uh called him in and said, like, we're going to have to let you go because you're a liability. Because if any patient says that, like, you touch them inappropriately, 
they can sue the hospital and they'll have just cause because you were a porn star. Right. Because if you've done... If you've done porn, naturally you're going to molest people, people wherever you go. What was... um? I forget her name. But the girl on, on uh, Pawn Stars. The, uh, Pawn Stars had a girl on there for a little bit and uh, found out she was a suicide girl. And uh, the Network History Channel wanted them to fire her and they're like well no she's an employee here so they took her off the show but she still worked there because <laughs> she, was... she couldn't be shown on yeah she couldn't be on a, a history channel at a pawn shop, shop in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> like can't work in a pawn shop in las vegas it's like what the hell <laughs> that makes no sense um but like you know, there's other things that are like totally okay and fine with if you've done with in the past. And then, but yeah, sure, we'll hire you. Like, uh, makes no sense. So, uh, in addition to Dale DeBone, there was another pornographic actress, and her name was Gage. Uh, she went to school to become a surgical tech, and then somebody who worked in the hospital with her recognized her and word spread around the hospital and then she said people just started treating her like shit and then nobody at the hospital would sign off on her required hours for her to get like certified jesus so, so she had to like leave and eventually like the school sent her a letter of apology <laughs> a letter of apology how about a fucking refund right <laughs> it's like oh sorry we did this uh yeah so obviously she went back to porn as did Dale DeBone, yeah. uh, because people outside of the industry are not willing to give you a chance once they know right. you've been in the industry. And, and that goes to like a lot of people, not even just necessarily the performers. That goes to like the directors. That goes to the, mm -hmm. the, the stagehands. It goes to a lot. I mean, there's a lot in there. Even like going farther away from the porn industry and just going into other stuff within, within the adult industry. Um, even people who work at sex shops oh, sometimes yeah. my, don't want to put that on their resume. My uh, ex-boyfriend, he worked at a adult toy store, and he told me like when he was looking for apartments, there were certain places that would not let him in because he was considered part of the adult entertainment industry. Oh my god! <laughs> and so they wouldn't let him live there. Um, and then there's another porn performer, like back before she got into porn. Her name's Christina Rose. Uh, she, I heard her on an interview saying that uh, she used to do credit card processing for an adult call line. Like she wasn't even the person taking the call. She was she doing just... credit card processing. But because of that, like other people just wouldn't hire her. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Like. Uh, I'm sure people who work at strip clubs and strippers and the people with that too are also, you know. Well, yeah, that's all part of the adult entertainment industry. industry. Uh, yeah, so uh, did you know <laughs> that banks are private institutions? Uh, yes. So banks can keep people from the adult entertainment industry from opening accounts or if they've opened an account there they can close their account with it without notice well and people with with the whole banking thing I mean, that goes beyond people with like from the adult porn industry like literally if you have any type of sketchy background banks can just be like nope no nope. don't want anything to do with you 
not gonna do it and then you then you can't get loans or financial services or anything from them uh instagram also it's a privately owned oh, yeah. company, and they fucking hate sex workers. Well, look, okay, I, I, we should bring up Tumblr. Like, because, like, Tumblr is a, for those of you who don't know, but if you're listening to this podcast, you should probably know all about the Tumblr fiasco. Tumblr is a social media platform that you can share and uh, whatever, post things, and it's almost like an online blog. Well, in December of last year, they decided to cut out all... Porn off pornography, so any any adult content. So you can't go on Tumblr and you can't even search for a boob, you can't search <laughs> for sexy, you can't. Um, they got rid of all their online, like all their adult like um, profiles. Um, even mine is still on there, but you cannot search it. You cannot find it. I still have a profile, and a, a lot of stuff that I, that I found and posted or whatever, all that stuff has now been like either hidden, taken away, or set to private. But you can still search white power, Nazis, oh. and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, how moral are you? Yeah, it's like you allow real, all this hate like, speech. You're, you're so afraid of because it was such a big network for sex workers, and that's why. Tumblr was a big, there was a big thing for sex workers, for cam girls, all that stuff was on Tumblr. And now, like, part of it's been filtered onto Twitter. So Twitter's kind of picked up some of the Tumblr refugees. Um, Instagram is, they censor a lot and they take away a lot. Uh, I can't imagine Facebook would be a platform to do that type of thing on. And there's other platforms that are trying to take the replacement of uh, Tumblr, uh, BDSMler being one. But I'm so behind the times. I haven't heard of like any of these things <laughs> that you're talking about. <laughs> so it, it's fine. But uh, it's going into the same thing though. So it's like there's this huge group of people who lost their home base, and now you know they're other other things are popping up to collect them in but a lot of them there, there's not that big gathering network of people that there was like with tumblr so it's just interesting that like uh <laughs> they're private companies they can do whatever the fuck they well, want, that's exactly so. it yeah like they i mean if if well what happened was yahoo bought tumblr so oh, that's yeah. that's what happened. Oh, Yahoo! Yahoo. Yahoo. So um, Yahoo bought Tumblr, and that's what made them like they're the ones like, oh no, we gotta eliminate all the stuff. But due to freedom of speech, they had to leave all like the hate groups on there. It's fucking weird. It makes no sense. It's like okay, it's totally cool to show like, a burning cross, but it's not cool to show a pair of tits. Yeah, Yahoo's <laughs> been fucking my shit up recently. Like, I'll search for um, performers. Uh, today, I actually wanted to show my husband a trans performer because she's fucking hot. Which one? Um, Daisy Taylor. Uh, I don't know if I know that name. Daisy Taylor? Uh, I'll show you a picture of her. Um, <laughs> she's hot. Um, but I wanted to show my husband her. And I was looking her up, but like my phone would like default to the Yahoo search. Oh. If you put it into the, into the like just title bar. So it'd be like, oh, Yahoo couldn't find anything. Nope. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, fuck. So then I'd have to like type in google.com and then search on google.com and I would come up. But Yahoo would like immediately block anything. A really good one to use is DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. I've never even heard of this. Okay, so DuckDuckGo is a online search site. It's like Google, 
but it's like completely hidden. So like nothing is saved. So like in Google, they save always you type in midget porn. Well, now on your account, it's always going to remember their Google's going to remember that you typed in midget porn on what date. And so it's like, oh, this person's in the midget porn. Okay, cool. Um, now they know how to target you. Right. So DuckDuckGo doesn't save anything. And it's completely like private. So when it comes to like the crazy searches, they don't care. They're not like connected to anything. So you, that's would be a better way to find weirder, crazier stuff if you're into that. All right. Um, Are you trying? I right mean, now? I'm I'm into weird, crazy stuff, but I just kind of stopped giving a fuck who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I'm like, I, enjoy this, my TSA agent. So <laughs> I am. I, I, I'm into so much weird shit, like not even just sexual stuff, just all kinds of crazy stuff. So for me, it's like, I don't even care anymore. I, I, I know I'm on some Federalist somewhere <laughs> from all the crazy shit that I've researched and popped up and looked for and everything else. Yeah, so. go ahead and keep an eye on me. I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah. So currently, there are no legal protections for discrimination on former sex workers. So like that can be a reason to fire somebody. And then like if you don't put that you were a sex worker on your resume, they can fire you for that because then they can claim they fired you for uh, having been hired under false pretenses. Oh my God. <laughs> like so it's kind of just a gamble so, like you can either disclose it right away and then they won't hire you or you cannot tell them about it and then if they find out about it you just like hope that they value you enough to keep you on so as a former store manager uh i had someone like right after i hired me they're like i don't know if this is gonna be an issue or not but i was a cam whore <laughs> that was the way they said it. Like, oh, uh, that's was, a nice way yeah, to phrase they're, that. They're like, I was like, that's literally what they said. That was like, I, I, I was a cam whore. <laughs> Not like I was a cam girl, or I was doing camming, or I used to was like an online like sex worker. Like, no, I was a cam whore. That's the way that she came up and told me. She was like, I was a cam whore, okay. and she's like, is that? And I started laughing, and I was like, I do not care. <laughs> I was like, I, whatever. Like, can you show cool. up on time? Like, yeah. Can you do your job? Can you show up on time? Um, <laughs> are, are you are you reliable? That's all I give a fuck. I don't care about what you've done in your past. I do not care. Uh, uh, so people also say that like once you've been in porn, then you can't get back into mainstream films. Which uh, there have been cases of that happening. Can you give an example of that? I sure can. Uh, well, one of my favorite <laughs> actresses, I'm a huge John Waters film, is Tracy Lords, which she was a huge porn actress, uh, but it turns out that she was using a fake ID <laughs> and, uh, and it was all like underage porn. She did, oh. she did one porn after she was like of legal age that is like a legitimate porn that yeah. she did, but she did a ton while she was underage and then, you know, they all got pulled because it's kitty porn. <sighs> Um, but yeah, she had been in porn for so long. Uh, and then John Waters gave her a chance and she was, John Waters. It's John Waters. <laughs> oh, fuck. I love John Waters, the king of bad taste. He's amazing. But I love him. You know, he doesn't give a fuck. He, 
John fucking Waters. Like, yeah. So like, she was in um, Crybaby as like kind of a big role, right? And then uh, she was in some other like mini series that was Stephen King's like doppelgangers or something oh, weird <laughs> and uh and then she was in uh zach and mary make a porno who's she in that oh she was um her name was bubbles i think like she blew bubbles out of her vagina oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she played like c-3po in the star wars porn that they were making gotcha i hated that movie you didn't like Zack and Mary make I did out? not at all. I, I'm really particular when it comes to comedy. And that, to me, that movie just kind of, it just did nothing for me. It just, oh, I love that movie. I, I, that's, that's just me. Like, I like Kevin Smith, but th- that movie just didn't do anything for me. But I'm really, really finicky when it comes to comedy. Like, I, it, uh, it's... Yeah, I'm really picky about comedy. I'm probably more picky about comedy than any other genre of film there is, <laughs> including porn. <laughs> so I think comedy is the hardest, hardest genre to make. Comedy is really hard. <laughs> I, I I think comedy... It's like, harder um, than drama. Oh, yeah. To, to make the jokes land and make sure that everything... It's all about timing. Yeah. It's all about timing. So you have to make sure all that stuff's like right right on par. Yeah. Um, so other than Tracy Lords, uh, like Sasha Gray. You know who uh, Sasha Gray? Don't you don't know who Sasha Gray is? Oh, you've got some Googling to do. All right. I have a computer um, right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, she was in... Uh, the second Pirates movie. Who was she? Oh, I don't know her character's name. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Gray. Sasha Gray's American. She's an American she, actress, model, musician, and writer. Yeah, she wrote a book, which I... Oh, she was um, an AVN award for Best Female Performer in 2008. Yeah, she worked really hard while she was in the industry. And actually, she got in the industry when she was 18, and she hadn't done a lot sexually in her personal life. So she got into porn to, like, experiment uh, safely. Which, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> when you think about, like, <laughs> the sexual things that you can do in your personal life versus the sexual things that you can do if you're in porn, like... Uh, Organizing a gangbang. <laughs> like you can't really do that in your personal life. I mean, maybe you can. I've never pulled it off. What's uh, that? Organizing a gangbang. <laughs> like, could you do that in your personal life? Like, can you find so like I'm a bunch of guys who, that are cool? So I'm the one who organizes everything. Like. Everything. So I would imagine if a gangbang was going to happen, I'm probably the one that everyone would contact and be like, hey, can you set this up? Uh, well, I mean, for even, my next gangbang, I'm going to call you, Scott. I, I mean, like, <laughs> even getting everyone together for WrestleMania, everyone's like, hits me up. Like, what's going on? How are we doing this? <laughs> can you organize this gangbang for me? <laughs> sure. Let's go around and, like, what's the ratio do you want? <laughs> oh, and James Dean. Too is another performer that has like was done he in some the, mainstream. Was he in like mainstream? Um, 
Um, so I, my favorite role that the Heaver did was Robin. <laughs> he plays Robin in the Batman parody. Oh, okay. Well, that's a porno, though, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so from what I heard, I I listened to this morning. This morning, I listened to this interview with Lisa Ann, and she was talking about James Dean. And she said he was in, like, a bunch of mainstream stuff before he got into porn, but he actually preferred porn to mainstream, <laughs> uh, which I'd never saw any of that. Um, but after he was in porn, he was in this film. Oh, it was a terrible film. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and it's not even on Netflix anymore. because I watched a ton it on of AVN awards. Jeez. I wanted some Wikipedia well, He was a hard worker. Um it was like something canyon he starred opposite Lindsay lohan so he has a rape and sexual misconduct allegation against him he sure does <laughs> yikes he sure does um yeah i don't i don't know if that's true or not it's <laughs> well, on wikipedia so i mean uh, you can only well, take, I, I mean, take everything he, with Wikipedia with a grain of salt. He has an allegation against him, but just because you have an allegation against you doesn't mean that you're guilty of doing something, right? Right. But if you search for him, the first thing is his Wikipedia, second thing is his Twitter, and then everything after that is all about his allegations. Well, because that was a big hot story, right? right? So I'm trying to find his movies. What, what movies has this guy done? Um... You know, I'd be interested to know what mainstream stuff he's done. Oh, he's uh, there's an IMDb. I, I love how uh, even like performers in porn have an IMDb page. Like, I love how IMDb. Uh, like, sometimes you really like, have everything. to search for it though, because they don't automatically show you the porn IMDb unless you know what you're looking for. Oh, it was called The Canyons. That was the film that I saw him in on Netflix. <laughs> Which I don't think it's on Netflix. Anymore. I was say just about everything I've seen on uh, on here on his IMDb page is almost almost all of it is uh, adult. Well, he was in the 2013 thriller drama The Canyons, which is a terrible film. But if you really <laughs> like shitty movies, maybe, maybe we should riff that one. If you like <laughs> shitty movies like us, I highly recommend watching The Canyons. <laughs> if you don't like shitty movies, you can save your time. <laughs> if you like really bad cinema like us. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So let's take this conversation directly into STIs. <laughs> <laughs> no segue, no lube, no. nothing. No condoms. Just straight. I'm going to ram it in there. There it is. All right. Uh, so another thing that I feel like people think is that porn stars are dirty. Like they've... <laughs> Got a whole bunch of STIs, which is not necessarily true, uh, because <laughs> I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> I, I, I hope at this point everyone can tell that we're both kind of drunk. <laughs> we're both kind of drunk right now. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so the porn industry currently uses something called the PASS system. Does that stand for anything? Um, I know that it does. Um it's like performer availability screening system. <laughs> I 
I think that's what it is. Something like that. Um, uh, yeah, so that is, uh, the past system was put into place by the Free Speech Coalition, which is a huge asset to the adult film industry. And, uh, I mean, before the past system, they had the AIM system, which was started by Sharon Mitchell. And she was this huge adult performer in the 80s that got out of porn and then went to the medical field. And then she started the clinic that did all the STD testing. Um, to, like, after some crazy stalker followed her home and attacked Jesus. her. And, like, like, they shattered her sternum or something like she almost died god i know right like and then, Awful. <laughs> i mean you'd get out of porn after that too probably yeah. but um so she started the aim clinic to do testing for the actors in the san fernando valley and uh there was like some huge information link that happened in 2011 and because of like the lawsuit of that like they've disclosed like names and statuses of tests to the general right. public. Um, so there was like this huge lawsuit and the, the clinic had to close, which pretty much left the industry with like no testing. So the Free Speech Coalition like jumped in and they developed the PASS system. Okay. Which, um, so the way the PASS system works is the performers go in, they get their test done and it's accessible by all of the industry insiders like directors and stuff and they can either see that they've got like a green check mark which means they passed or they've got an x which means something's going on uh which doesn't necessarily mean that they have an std it could mean that they just don't have a current test which uh it's every 14 days with a pass yeah. system these people have to get let's say because like most tests uh takes well let's see hiv is immediately but everything else takes about a week or two to for for them well, to pop up. Uh, kind of. So HIV, like there's a preliminary test that you can take where you get your results immediately. Well, it takes and, 90, normally it takes ninety seconds. Well, ninety seconds to get your to get your HIV test. So there's different HIV tests that you right. can take. Um, like the most conclusive HIV test takes fourteen days. And that's why they test every 14 days. Right. Um, and you can get a false positive on an HIV test. You can. And then it takes, uh, and if you are infected, it takes anywhere between three months, six months to show up on a test. So anyhow, uh, so in the past system, if somebody tests positive, uh, they declare, well, I mean, they put an immediate halt on film production so like just everything stops and because you can get a false positive then they like retest the person immediately and then if they get a positive again they declare what's called moratorium mm -hmm. which is where like nobody can work pretty much in the adult oh, industry shit. Uh, for like yeah, you were saying that 14 I remember, days i remember when that happened like every the porn industry stopped it just stopped it was was that in the 90s and the 2000s 2004 was when okay. Darren James. So that's when, like, I, I remember that, like, because the entire porn industry just stopped because, like, a couple people had HIV and they didn't know, like, what the hell was going on. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, in the U.S., 
we test for HIV in the adult entertainment industry. In other countries, that is not the case. They don't test for it at all. So this guy went to Brazil to film like a, a movie in Brazil and had anal sex unprotected with this Brazilian actress there. Um, and then he got HIV and then came back and like tested negative initially, but still had the virus and he passed it on to, I think like three other women, but then like they caught it and they stopped Jeez. everything. But I think that's like showing how well this system works. Work, yeah. Because like they can go and they can go onto a computer database and find like everybody that's worked with everybody involved. Which I think, I mean, in this, with that industry, I think it's a great idea. Like, can you I, I imagine mean, if that was like real life? <laughs> fuck. I mean, I mean, there's no way in hell with all the like you no know, HEPA violations and everything else. There'd be no way you would. Well, I'm, there's HEPA violations, but it's not like the average Joe is going in and looking at test results. It's all like medical, right? But but even so, like you can actually. You can be HIV positive and not let your insurance know. There's ways around that. Is there really? Yeah, there is. It's pretty crazy. Um, and, and to me, that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. And the reason why is because some insurance will drop people who have HIV. Um, or if you have an STI or something like that, some insurance will raise your deductible or drop you. Because there's a, st or doctors, especially like personalized doctors will drop you because they don't want their other patients to know they have someone, they're taking care of someone who's HIV positive. There's still such a high level of stigma with that too. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. And it's really sad and disturbing because it's like, it shouldn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have an HIV or if you have, you know, lupus, like, who, who cares like what disease or whatever issue you have, like your doctor should be able to take care of it. But since it's a sexually transmitted disease, some doctors and some hospitals and even insurances will drop you because of it. That does not surprise me, but it also enrages me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I met people. I met people who were, um, when I, the place I worked at, because I worked at a clinic that took care of people with HIV and STIs and stuff. People would come in and get their medications from us, and they didn't want their like doctors, their insurance to know. Or we would find doctors who worked with that, so they would drop their regular doctors and work with doctors who take care of people with STIs and HIV, so they didn't worry about the stigma behind it. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine like a whole industry like built upon that. I can imagine like why that would be such a big deal, <laughs> why they have this system in place. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they put a halt on production, and then they figure out everybody who's worked with the positive individuals, and then, like, everybody gets called in, they all get a new test. One in two people, 50% have an STI. Um, in, in the U.S., will contract an STI by age 25. Jesus. Um, and the CDC estimates... Uh, 20 million STIs are spread each year. Now, I want to say with that, HPV is considered an STI. That is true. 
And HPV is really easy to transmit. It's usually dormant, and most people don't even know they have it. Yes. Uh, and in some cases, it can go away. So HPV but is one. In other cases, it'll yeah. cause cancer. So HPV <laughs> is one of those ones that reason why that number is so high is because of HPV. Mm, yeah, but there's also like the vaccinations that they have right. now. So I don't know that it's. They're, they're as making big they're making that. strides and with the STIs, but they're not making enough. That's that's my biggest. That's my big complaint with the whole like. Well, because sexual health is not a huge uh, issue for the powers that be with no, money. <laughs> because, right? <laughs> so, unfortunately, it's like, um, you know, like we're saying, like, you know, the, the hepatitis, hepatitis C uh, medication, like, yeah, it's it's now curable if you are extremely wealthy. Grand. I think I think the last time I looked at it, it was like 200 grand. Like it's a six week reg like regiment of medication you have to take, and it costs like six like two hundred grand to get. I forget I forget the how much each pill like costs, but it's like fifteen thousand dollars a pill or some stupid shit like that. Frisky tipsy libertines, man, we really like to cover some really dark yeah, topics. We're getting dark. <laughs> so so, anyways, <laughs> the CDC estimates that twenty million STIs are spread each year, and ten million of those are age 25 and under. And even though half of those are spread by young people, only about 12% of them get tested for STIs. Where in the adult industry, they have to get tested every 14 days. Right. So like porn performers have this stigma of like being dirty, like where people think like, oh, they spread disease, but the general population is spreading far more disease right. and getting tested far less you, than these you'd be individuals. Surprised, especially men, men, men especially, who did not want to know their status of anything. They didn't want to know if they had HIV. They didn't want to know about their status of their STIs. When I worked at the place I worked at, that dealed with help people with HIV and STIs and all that stuff, so many people would come in and refuse to get tested because they didn't want to know which pissed me <laughs> off so much it's like that is so sad it's like if you don't know then how the fuck do you know you're not giving anything spreading it spreading anything i'm like don't you want to know your fucking status and they'd be like well i don't want to know because you know I, I it's like I, it's like the whole like i'd rather live in ignorance knowing that i have a disease than you know knowing i have something <laughs> And I, I really tell them, I was like, do every, anything that you have now, like nothing is a death sentence. Like nothing. It's more of just a, you have to make a lifestyle, lifestyle change or something like that. But like overall, it's like your day-to-day -day life is not going to change. Like it's, <laughs> there's strives now in the medical field of STIs. Yeah. So the fact that like the the porn performers, this is hilarious. The porn performers know more about like what the hell is going on than the freaking like every other people. Right. That's kind of my whole point. Like, who would you rather fuck? So there was a there was a bill pat trying to be passed in uh, California that was any gay performer in porn had to wear a condom. It failed, but they're yeah, they're trying to press that. There was a condom ordinance that 
passed for a while and then they overturned it or whatever. But that was for porn across the board, like even heterosexual porn. And still to this day, like uh, Wicked Productions requires condom use in their films, which I think it should be up to the performer. I, and I, I totally I agree. ultimately feel that it is. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think if some of the performers say, hey, I'm not uh, doing this without condom, then uh, they should like all the people involved should be like, okay, well, we're not doing this without a condom. Yeah. You know? uh, but they use uh, condoms in the gay porn industry because, um, and another reason that heterosexual porn industry doesn't want to work with crossovers some of the time is that the testing isn't as rigorous in the gay industry, which is specifically because of the HIV right. stigma. So there are certain gay production companies that will test regularly and do bareback and then there are other companies that don't test but require condoms gotcha so it's either like one or the other there uh but yeah so in in 2016 i found this statistic uh people were newly infected with hiv in the u.s but specifically in porn uh, like, since 2009, I found, like, a very small handful of HIV cases and w- within the porn industry. And the majority of those occurred, like, in the actor's personal lives. Right. Like, it, like it didn't occur on set. You, I, I, I'm, 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 I won't be straight up. If I was in porn, I'd be getting tested every month. Like, regardless, you know. Like, so if it's 14 well, yeah. days, I would totally be like, yeah, sure, do it. You have to like, be tested every I, 14 days. But there there are some companies that require like 48 hours. Right. Like I would, I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah. The industry standard is 14 days, but you can get tested like two days before the shoot. Um, and some companies don't want you to get tested like the day of, because then like if you show up on set and you're positive, then they have to like cancel everything. And you can still get a false positive, but um, but there are still like actors who will be like, "I'll pay for your test." Like since I'm working with you, <laughs> I'll right. pay for your test. You get tested 24 hours beforehand. Well, but at, like most, at the at the least, at the very least, it's every 14 days. I will say this: in most major cities now, you can get testing for free. There's so many places to go now. You can get free STI testing, especially HIV testing. There's like it's like if you look in your city and just type in free HIV or STI test, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, well, that's for the general public though. The industry has to work with the. Well, I, at that point, I was talking to the general public. I was talking to whoever's listening to this podcast. Oh, well, if you yes, get, you dear, dear general public, please yeah. go get tested. And but, um, you, you can do it without having to go to your doctor. Like, and you can go to you can you can go places and get it done for free. Yeah, well, within the industry, it is yeah. not cheap. <laughs> no. Well, there's a lot of people to take care of. So I would imagine, I mean, for every two weeks, everybody has to get tested. That's a lot of people. So. Yeah, but. Uh, I'm so- curious to see who regulates that. <laughs> like, who's actually the person in charge of that? Uh, somebody in California, some I'm sure, health yeah. board official there. Uh, but yeah, so the handful of cases that I did find of like HIV within the industry, 
Now, we're only talking about mainstream. We're not talking about tube sites. We're not talking about amateurs and all that stuff. We were talking about, well, like... Yeah, like, the testing specifically is in California. Right. We're, we're talking about, like, the major companies and the major productions and stuff. Like that. We're not talking about... You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith making their porn with their friends and posting it on. <laughs> so in, in 48 states, though, that's still considered prostitution. There's only two states where you can legally make a porno. Huh. And that's California and I believe New Hampshire. But there's not a lot of porn coming out of New Hampshire. <laughs> no. It's mainly coming out in California and New York. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pass system is pretty effective, I feel, in catching disease, and the HIV occurrences typically happen well, few and far between. But when they happen, they happen in people's personal lives. Case in point. Yep. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Shouldn't laughed. Charlie Sheen. Uh. So we all know. He, um, he was HIV positive. Um, and he was living with two porn stars at the time. One of whom, Brie Olson. Uh, so she, like, went live, like, on a no, tirade. I, I really think, though, their, their relationship, I've, I've watched interviews with them, like, at that point in time, especially this is back when he was, like, all crazy. Mm-hmm. They were definitely a poly relationship. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. But they weren't, at that time, there's stigma. Take a drink. Um, <laughs> uh, such, a, such a strong stigma against poly relationships that they could not come out and say what they were. Well, I mean, like, not only were they poly because they were, they were living together, but um, she said that, like, there was a constant stream of women besides them. Like, it wasn't just the three of them. Right. It was a constant stream of women coming in uh, and fucking Charlie Sheen. And so Brie Olsen said as soon as, like, he went public with his HIV status, she started getting hate mail from people saying, like, you gave him HIV because oh, you're a porn star. And, like, like, clearly she was the one who gave him HIV. But, uh, yeah, so she went live with her, like, test results and was like, they're negative, fucking luckily, but I was still taking a risk right. the whole time I was living with him because he did not disclose this to us. And also, fun fact. Uh, he used, he always used lambskin condoms. Lambskin condoms will not protect you at all against, against HIV. They protect you against pregnancy. Yeah, uh, the, because they're skin. They're lambskin. They have the same pores that, like, human skin yeah. has. So microscopic viruses can still get through them. Right. They'll protect against pregnancy, but not against any STI. I mean, it's better than doing nothing, but... but yeah, it's better than doing nothing, but still, it doesn't protect against right. any... Yeah, they're, they're, mainly, they're mainly designed for pregnancy. Yeah, so... I always feel bad for people who are, like, who are allergic to latex. Like, that's guys suck. Yeah. Luckily, I've never met anybody in that situation. My uh, 
old roommate, uh, he dated a girl who's allergic to latex. He used lambskin. I was like, I felt so bad for him. That's just weird. Anyway, sliding on an animal's skin, just like to me, that just immediately just takes out any like anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel I feel like the main reason to use a condom is like STI prevention. I mean, I like pregnancy both, is kind of important well, too. Well, it comes down both ways. It's uh, if it's someone you're just hooking up with, yeah, you're doing everything. Right? To me, it's like if you if you're just hooking up, yeah, it's it's mainly there to prevent pregnancy, but also protect you and also the other person. But like if you're in a long committed relationship, at that point, you're just using it to prevent pregnancy. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're already fluid bonded at that point, yeah. like then there's only one reason for right. it. But typically, I think, I, I, I think for the for the beginning of the relationship, you're mainly using it for. I think for both. I think you're using it for you know pregnancy and also STI. I think it's, I think it's kind of a, a one way. It's a two way street. Like you use it for both for both of them. Because you meet someone, and then uh, I've had guys say that they're concerned when a girl says they're on like the the pill, but they're not sure yet if they actually are or not. So I've heard that. So, oh, the pill—that's a whole other thing. There's a male birth control pill. I know, and I wish it was publicly like access accessible because I would take it. Oh my gosh! You know why it's not publicly accessible? Because men can't handle the side effects—the same side effects that are in female birth control pills. I would take it. Without, <laughs> without question, I would take it. Um, Women have been having these side effects since the 70s I with know. their birth control pills, but they put it in a male birth control pill and they're like, the side effects are too much. We well, can't. they're also afraid that like, <laughs> they the, mass produced it, like men won't be interested in it. Like, I'd fucking take it. Oh, I, would, no, like, I would take it without... All the surveys they've taken, like I've... I read somewhere that it was like 70% of men would want to take a birth control pill. Right. I, I would do it. If without, it was available. Without a question, I'd fucking do it. So, um, closing statements for this. I feel like um, porn is, yeah, a part of free speech. It's totally fine. It's normal. Just about, I wouldn't say about 75% of the people use it. Yeah, uh, I I understand that there are people who have like porn addictions that seriously impede their ability to live a normal life right. day today. And if you're one of those people, you probably know it. You've yeah. probably been told it. My favorite, <laughs> my, my favorite instance of that is uh, what's going on. Marvin Gaye, the album, sexual healing was his addiction to getting over BDSM. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sexual healing. He had a hardcore addiction to like, like the heaviest smut at the time. Like, so BDSM, bondage, all that stuff. He had a really hardcore addiction to like this crazy stuff. And sexual healing was a song written about him trying to overcome that. <laughs> <laughs> this is all news to me. <laughs> Listen to that song again. All right. I will. I'll give it a listen <laughs> with BDSM in mind. <laughs> but yeah, so porn is a freedom, I feel. If if you don't like porn, 
you don't like what porn stands for, don't fucking watch porn. But you shouldn't dog the people who make it, who work on it, who watch it, who produce it. It's like... The porn industry is not perfect. Of course it can be improved, as can all industries. Right. Uh, But yeah, porn, I feel like it should be available to people. I totally agree. I have a home versus 100%. I think it's something that, <laughs> and it's like, if you enjoy it, you should be one of those things you should be allowed to enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, then that's totally fine too. Like some people just yeah. don't really like it. That's, that's you, cool. You don't like it. Don't watch it. Right. But don't say that like the people the who women are doing in it are, <laughs> are being degraded. And also they can never get another job <laughs> Afterwards. That's the biggest bullshit about the whole thing. It's like if you do porn, it's like okay, now you're blacklisted from ever doing anything with your life again. You can't like, get a loan. Yeah, if you work, or a house. You, you work at a sex shop. It's like that can. You know, some people don't put it on a resume. It's like it's all bullshit. It's like, like fuck it. Who cares? So on that note. This is the Frisky Tipsy Libertines podcast. <laughs> wow, that's a really depressing note. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We sure did. Uh, should we should we tell them what we have planned for the next episode? No, we shouldn't. <laughs> it's going to be a big surprise. It's going to be a fucking surprise, guys. <laughs> it's going to be a... Uh, I'm really excited for the next, for the next show. I think it's gonna uh, be yeah, we're gonna have a guest. We can say that. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a guest we'll have a on the guest show th- for the first time ever. We're gonna see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> we're in, we're bringing someone into our world. Um, so anyway, you can find us online at friskytipsylibertines.com. Uh, on Twitter, like I said, at Libertine Show. You can also use the hashtag Ask the Libertines. You can also send us an email at ask at friskytipsylibertines.com. And once again, I'm Scott. And I'm Janet. And you've been listening to the Frisky Tipsy Libertines Podcast. Podcast.